You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Jesse, and in the future, when characters come from Image to Marvel, Amazon.com will sell out of Orwellian dystopias. This is Randy. In the future, let's just not uh, elect any Roombas. That. <laughs> yeah really <laughs> as you'll find out that's a bad idea 2020 so long as it's not a Roomba yeah so long <laughs> as it's not a Roomba <laughs> I'm not with Roomba <laughs> not with Roomba not my Roomba <laughs> <laughs> thanks Roomba oh wait that's old <laughs> hashtag, hashtag thanks Roomba uh. all right <laughs> <laughs> what, what 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 is all this Roomba talk? What are we, what are we doing? What, where are we? What episode is this? Welcome to the Grolix Podcast. This is episode number thirty nine. Woo! Feels like we're just blowing through them now. It, it does. And today we're going to talk about our friend Satan. It must be Hell Month. It it is. <laughs> Did anyone decide that it's Hell Month, or we just decided it's Hell Month? Uh. I mean, I think people know it is, but nobody put the words to it. We're, we're, we're <laughs> yeah, no, no one's really calling it what it is. Yeah. We're, that seems right. We're, That's fake news. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> we're titling it. This is Hell Month. Hell Month. Okay. I feel like that's fair because it's also like Valentine's Month, like Valentine's Day just, just happened. And yeah, I, I feel like for a lot of people, it probably is Hell Month. Last episode, we talked about uh, Angela. Queen of Hell. Well, this episode we're gonna we're gonna ride that hell train over to uh, <laughs> the hell train. Oh, that sounds awesome! <laughs> Last stop to hell train, <laughs> and we're gonna talk about our friend Satan, which is also the name of the comic book we're gonna talk about. I'm 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 really concerned about him. <laughs> And I'm, if this is any indication, he's had a he's had a rough go, <laughs> or a really good one. It's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it depends. On, it depends on your views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. I don't really have any other in-house news. I'm sure lots of things have happened between now and this episode going up, but uh, I am not a soothsayer, so I can't say. You're not. No, that's not on your business card. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> You, can you read like tea leaves? Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, sure. Do you have some just laying about? <laughs> what, do they, what do they say? It says, I am chamomile. <laughs> He's broomy. <laughs> I am I am Earl Grey. Mm. <laughs> I am decidedly British. Well, of course. I assumed all tea leaves were. They probably are. If, if not, at least... Uh, if they're not British, they're at least uh, like they affect a British accent because they've come in contact with so many Brits. Like Madonna. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. like Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty soon, pretty soon, tea leaves will be leading their own women's march. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you know, tea rites. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah, like a bo- like a like a tea party, like <laughs> like when they would have in Boston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, the most racist, the most racist tea party of all time. <laughs> let's let's have a bunch of Englishmen dress up like Native Americans in the worst stereotypes ever. Yeah, remember when that was a thing? Yeah. Man, how we've come how we've come so far since then. <laughs> we've come so far. Uh, oh hell. Speaking of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, speaking of. <laughs> so, Jesse, um you introduced actually the 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 creators of this introduced us to this book, but you actually they backed did. it. Yes. But yeah, this was a Kickstarter. We talked about it a while ago because they reached out they reached out to us and was like, "Hey, we have a Kickstarter." And um we checked out their preview. Uh, which is a which which was a pretty good chunk of this book. Yeah, yeah, really, it was. It's like the perfect preview too. It's like the whole setup. We talked about it. I don't remember which episode, but several episodes ago, like a year ago. Yeah, it was like a. It was one of our Grolix bites. One of the earlier Grolix bites. Oh, yeah, it was wildly successful too. Like, uh, um, they were just they were just going to uh, kickstart basic production of the comic and uh they unlocked a lot of uh the stretch goals and stuff and so i have it sitting right here in front of me and it is a delightfully large uh hardbound you know i mean like this is this is nice yeah it was grolic spites grolic spites number three is when we talked about it oh man that's earlier than i thought but i guess i guess bites isn't as old as nights huh. so yeah so we we read it yeah, and and it just seemed to really work in. We went from the queen of hell to arguably the king of hell, I suppose. Mm-hmm. The prince of darkness in a midlife crisis. <laughs> I don't have any of my usual creator information on this. Do you happen to have that? Well, I have the book in front of me. Uh, I suppose I could find some creator information on this thing. Um, let me just open this up. Okay, so uh, concept, script, and art direction by Dominic. L. Marzik, and then we have color, ink, sketch, and special effects by Lucas Lalko, and adaptation, sketch, and ink by Michael Morosky. And uh, the the synopsis, if I read it right off the back here, Prince of Darkness suffers from a midlife crisis. He doesn't know how to meet the expectations of the modern world. He spends his nights strolling around hell in a bathrobe and drowns his sorrows in Cthulhu vodka. But the meeting with disappointed Satanists becomes the straw that breaks the camel's back. Satan sues the Catholic Church for defamation and travels to Earth to clear his name. So, yeah, I was sold. Yeah. I mean, that's a great premise, isn't it? I mean, it's bizarre. It's a little blasphemous, probably. I mean, this is not for, I don't know everybody <laughs> yeah i mean yeah the title and the synopsis alone if it doesn't sound like something that's for you it's probably not i mean he's he's kind of the satan's the hero of this book really i mean he's kind of a hapless hero but he's yeah i mean you're rooting for the poor guy <laughs> yeah and that's and that's i mean that's kind of interesting the book takes the uh premise of uh what his lawyer how his lawyer wanted to present him in court um yeah, it's it's fun though. Like it's 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 definitely a comedy, and it's not something that's pr- promoting evil deeds. It's no, this thing's irreverent from start to finish. So. Yeah, I read this just today, a little last minute. 
Super fresh. Super fresh in your mind. Super fresh. And I loved it from start to finish. I thought this was fantastic. Right? Yeah. When it, it kind of opens, I mean, like right off, right off the bat, it kind of, uh, you get the feel of the book right away because it opens with like a satanic cult and they're trying to summon uh, Satan and he shows up and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> because he shows up in his bathrobe and he's basically got like stains all over his, uh, his undershirt and uh, he's holding a plate just not his dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Like they interrupted him in the middle of uh, supper and they're just not impressed. And they're like, um, and so he sends a different, you know, like demonic creature. And then they're all, then they're all like, oh yeah, this is way better. They're disappointed that he's not like a tentacle. And that becomes an ongoing thing. It's like, yeah, this horrifying tentacle creature. And if you notice, like, he's like, oh, hold on, I'll get you somebody, maybe, you know, somebody else. And he's got his like contacts on his phone up and it's, it's Cthulhu. He's got that. He like, instructs them how to summon Cthulhu. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Cause his phone said the context of Cthulhu and under that was Nixon. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. There's a lot of fun nods in this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then he goes, he goes back, he goes back to hell and is Beelzebub the, the guy he hangs out with? Like his right hand man. Is that who that's is? I think, I think so. Yeah. And he's <laughs> part of what's so great is like, and Beelzebub's like, more of the traditional looking devil type creature. He's a demon. Um, but he's, he's kind always, of more friendly and kind of dopey though. Yeah. And he's like, he's always kind of Dote, doting. Yeah. yeah. So Satan ends up kind of getting upset and decides the best way to go about it because these, uh, uh, the Catholics, uh, these Pope, the Pope is, uh, is, <laughs> Oh man, the Pope. <laughs> he's he's hype oh yeah it's oh god i love the introduction of that so yeah it takes it takes place in the future too that's another thing we should probably mention is that like uh this is not present day yeah so he he's upset that he can't live up to the hype that the catholic church is built up for him that you know so he decides he wants to sue them for defamation yep <laughs> the vatican's like in space it's like a it's like a watchtower yeah. type deal yeah, they've got their own space station. And and I didn't yeah, notice till later in the book, but at one point, the way it's shaped, and I, it's probably super obvious, I just didn't notice it till later, is um, it from the sun, it casts a shadow on the earth this, uh, in the shape of a cross. And I was like, oh, that's, that's fun. Yes, yes. Yeah, the first time you see it, it's kind of at an angle, so it's not super duper obvious, but yeah. And he, he basically, like he... It, it starts out like he's going to take him to small claims court kind of thing. Like he's got a, he, he's got one of those uh, flyers you'd see in Walmart where you like, you walk out and it's on a notice board and you just tear off their number and then you call them kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how it all starts. He's got like, he's got like this strange little motley crew of, of people in, in hell that kind of run the joint for him too. while while he's off doing this whole thing. Who is that? Is that little guy? A reference to something, or is he just an unusual character? No, he's he's like a little imp, though. Yeah, yeah, and he's got kind of a '70s style to his clothes, like kind of a '70s V-neck type shirt, and that guy's full of attitude. He's like if you cross Danny DeVito with uh, Burgess Meredith. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty good <laughs> breakdown of him. Uh, he has. Some... I mean, I don't even know how else to explain him, though. But that's basically it. Just like super Henri. 
and him and Beelzebub, like Beelzebub's like, you need to tone it down. And he's like, you, 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 you just make me <laughs> kind of thing. He has some very colorful <laughs> uh, things he calls different characters. And some of those are kind of fun. I can't say them, but they're fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and then of course this, this uh, court hearing on earth gets blown up into a huge media event. So then Satan starts kind of feeling um, nervous. Yeah. Because it's televised. It's this big thing. There's all sorts of awesome little references too, like, uh, like in that first, um, the first scene where we see the uh, highest court of United Earth. Uh, they even have like callbacks to, oh, what's that guy on, uh, I don't know what channel it is, but the guy that, that's in all the memes about aliens. Oh, yeah. With, yeah. With the crazy hair and everything. Yeah. Like, like there's an obvious reference to him. Right off the bat. The judge is obviously Judge Judy. Yes, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff like that. One of my favorite little random nods was, I didn't expect the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Mon awesome. Monty Python nod. And they didn't go as far as to follow it up with the actual full, like, the, the punchline, but just the fact that it was there was was so good with this random uh, guy in, in hell. So, so we don't see the Pope's face right away. They make a point of kind of building that up a little bit. Even when he arrives at the court hearing, you don't see his face right away. It's always obscured until you get the big, you know, full page splash close up. And he's just this ridiculously handsome, like old Hollywood looking, uh, oh, yeah, for good looking real. guy with this just smile. And it's the reveal is it's just fantastic. When all this is happening, like the Pope shows up and everybody knows who he is. So further, further playing off of this whole thing where, where, uh, Satan's being misrepresented as this tentacled creature or whatever. And, uh, like Satan can't get in. He's even like talking to the guards in the front and he's like, here, here's a picture of me and Jesus. You, you remember him, right? And they just don't believe him. They're like, yeah, whatever. And, and then the Pope strolls right in. I also Satan. So Satan wants like this big, like he said, he paid uh, Mozart, was uh -huh, it Mozart yeah. to play Requiem when he comes in. And he wants this big, like uh, this, this big uh, introduction to the court and the lawyers like, no, we're going to play you off as a, a sympathetic character and, you know, play up your mental issues and this and that, you know, <laughs> and then yeah, compassionate. We, we need them to feel compassion for you. And jumping forward slightly, you notice a lot of the things he said um, the Pope ends up doing when they try to like introduce their version of Satan, down, oh, yeah. even down to Mozart and uh, smoke smoke uh, machines and stuff like that. I thought that was fun. So most of the time, Satan's just kind of waiting like outside and vaping and whatnot. <laughs> I and they even make a point of like the like his uh, um, his certain kind of flavor or whatever. Yeah, it, it, and he even says something about paid paid advertisement here and then like it's uh, several panels it's one page of pretty much just him sitting outside the courtroom waiting vaping his his cigarette flavored e what was it cigarette flavored e-cigarette yeah yeah and he like, vapes what? cigarette flavored e-cigarette <laughs> what, what what is this <laughs> yeah. later later he even stops kind of in the middle of the thing and he vapes for a couple panels and it's like all right and in the meantime like down in hell they're like trying to keep things running smoothly for him and a uh, little imp guy has like a package and we don't know what's going on with that at first. Oh man. I love the whole. Okay. So yeah. So they're like, 
So his idea is he wants to clean it up while the guy's gone because he said he would grant vacation permissions. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So they want to clean up, clean up hell while he's gone. So he gets, uh, they, yeah, they play it up for a bit. Like, what's this mysterious device? It's a Roomba. <laughs> a single Roomba. A single Roomba to clean up all of hell. But, of course, that's too slow. They end up getting just a bunch of Roombas. And how it comes about is kind of this well, it's, whole thing. Uh, it's, well, yeah, well, like, Hitler is there in hell because it's hell. And uh, they're basically like, hey, you need to go make supper. Go make tripe or whatever. And uh, and then and then the imp is like, I need you to make this, like, ridiculously uh, detailed entree or whatever. And, and tripe. Yeah. <laughs> And so Hitler's there, and but he's just kind of a lackey until the Roombas enter the fray. He he steps on one, which damages it. And I did like the bit where it damages like the LED display. And yeah. Not only does the LED display on this one that goes rogue turn red, but he damages it in a way that makes it look very Hitler-like. The little face yeah, like it has the little the little flop, <laughs> like it has the flop hairdo basically, and then the little the little mustache almost. So while you've got the courtroom plot playing out and that kind of escalates, you've also got this Roomba uprising in hell, which is uh, pretty awesome. Led by a Hitler Roomba. Satan has to go to the bathroom. At one, at one point, he finally finds the bathroom. And that's when we get like the meeting between the Pope and Satan. And it's brilliant. The light goes out. But of course, the Pope happens to have a light bulb in his pocket. And it's just this whole thing. Later, when the meeting doesn't go so well between the two, he takes the light bulb back with him and leaves him in the dark <laughs> yeah, bathroom. Yeah. The Pope is so passive aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Passive aggressive Pope. And the Pope has like these crazy powers and technology that like he shows up Satan the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, man, leave Satan alone, you jerk. <laughs> and he has this whole, there's this whole plot. Again, I apologize for spoilers, I guess. Spoilers. This whole plot to basically take over, I mean, kind of take over hell because they want a Satan. that in, They basically in, want to force him into retirement. Yeah. So they can get a because, tentacle creature in there because yeah. when uh, people are scared, they get better conversion rates. Right. When they're actually afraid of hell. There's a panel that's a reference to the, that like kind of iconic Dark Knight uh, Returns a lightning bolt image. Yes. Yeah. The silhouetted lightning bolt image. And Oh my God. So I'm on a page with the Roombas and, and like, because the Roombas are doing all the work, everybody else is just like basically partying. Oh yeah. And they have all the succubuses and stuff hanging out. And it's just, Oh man, it's, it's ridiculously well-written. Like, I mean, most thing in the art, the art is solid. It's on point. Not to just gush over it, but like it's hard to find any it's hard to find anything bad to say about it because it's in terms of like a book that aims for comedy, it's like one of the best written things I've read in a while. Right. It's it's irreverent, it's funny, it's well drawn. I mean, like it's so prof- it's so professionally done. Mm-hmm. And that preview they had done before they did the Kickstarter, and like I, you know, that's a good chunk of the book. So like they were putting they were putting effort and money into it before it even hit the Kickstarter. Um, but this is I don't know it's like the perfect example of the kind of book that Kickstarter is really good for. That may, that it makes me glad that people can yeah, get funds like that. 
this is a definite like Kickstarter success story. Like I hope, I mean, like it, it did really well in the, um, the stretch goals and everything. And, you know, it looks like it should be something they can fund a second volume of. And I, I definitely hope that they keep, they keep the story going. Uh, originally one of those things, I don't know how much of this we went into on that episode three of Grolix bites, but, um, this original idea was basically just supposed to be like a movie script kind of thing. And then when they couldn't like get the money for, for a movie or, or whatever, then they were like, they were like, well, why don't we just try writing this out as a comic? And that's how this kind of came to be. And, uh, I don't know, like, it's so tight. Like this first, Mm -hmm. this first arc comes to a definite resolution and it's a fun resolution, you know? Um, I don't know how spoilery we want to get with the end of it because that's kind of a fun payoff there. Basically Satan has a long game going Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, and we don't realize it until the very end. And it's like, Oh, and you'd be like, okay, Satan gets his day. If not in court, he at least gets his day. And, and there's weird stuff with Satan that they don't even fully go into. Like there's, there's, there's a sense of, there's a sense of history to these characters. I mean, outside of the obvious, that's just generally good world building and storytelling. Yeah. Like his, his phone conversation to basically, it was like the receptionist in heaven. Uh, how, Oh yeah. Yeah. How God, how he's got some history. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's got history with that receptionist too. And she's like, well, you haven't, you haven't called in a while. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And there's a history with Jesus and I like how it's, ha- how God is handled in this whenever he's referenced. Uh, when Satan's kind of just like a, he's just like a working stiff. Like he's just doing a job. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that he's trying to convey is like, I'm not a bad guy. I'm just, I'm literally doing God's work. Like this is literally what God wants me to do. Yeah, the CEO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They refer to it. Yeah. Like there's a lot here we're not touching on, but I mean, it's worth it's worth your time. I would definitely recommend it. Again, this is for a person that has kind of an <laughs> irreverent, slightly blasphemous uh sense of humor, I guess. But uh you know, I mean, it's fiction, so I don't think anyone should get too up in arms about it, but I don't know. I guess if you take your if you take your faith super duper seriously, then you might have an issue with this book. I I suppose. I'm trying to find if you can currently buy this. That's a good question. Um, you can find them on Facebook at uh, facebook.com/slash our friend Satan, or they have a URL www.ourfriendsatan.com, and they have that um that preview on there still Pre- preview PDF. Yeah. Anyway, well, I just recently, I just recently got my hardcover copy, so oh, okay. they may not, they may still be uh, fulfilling Kickstarter backers okay. first. So that may be part of. If you can't find this right away, that might be part of it. Is that they're still in the process of basically fulfilling pre-orders, but whenever this is available, and you know, like that, like we said, that uh, preview that they have on their website is a pretty nice little lead in and it's definitely worth your time. We read that, you know, way back when, and, uh, it's a nice, I mean, like even that's really well done as a really nice stopping point before the rest of the action kind of kicks in. Yeah. It's the perfect, I mean, it's, it's totally their act one. It's the act one of the whole thing and it's the perfect setup for it. And one thing about this is like, it's a fulfilling story throughout. Like it doesn't, it's not like they had this great setup and then it was just like, okay, well then 
kind of follow through. It wasn't like that at all. I think it's got a solid ending. The middle chunk is this, I guess the second act is just full of great, great humor. And yeah. Mm -hmm. If if anything, I mean, like I, I hate to, I don't know. This is probably my bias entirely, but I, I wasn't sure how it was going to end. You know, like I wasn't sure if they could come up with a satisfying end, but they totally do. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I guess I didn't see that satisfying end coming. And then when it happened, I was like, oh, well done. I will say this. The transition from the court scene to kind of, I mean, there's the whole court thing. And then the bit after that, the transition from that to that, I was a little taken aback by because I, it felt quick. It's like the court thing's happening and then there's a jump. So I was a little thrown by that. But I mean, the story still like it's. It's really it's because the story hasn't ended yet. There's still a good conclusion after that. And that was thoroughly satisfying. Um, reading through it, I was a little worried. I was like, oh, that's I was a little disappointed by where the court thing happened. I just didn't realize that the actual plot hadn't really resolved yet. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I guess I could see that, too, because you would think that maybe the court case would be the resolution and it just like, oh, and then it continues. And then you get the real end. Yeah. The art I liked quite a bit. And there was interesting character design choices because you've got the, okay, you've got the, the, the aliens guy, the, the history mm -hmm. channel meme and judge Judy and some other characters that you've almost, it's not like a character caricature. Wow. I barely spit that word out. <laughs> Dig digital. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's very, back. but it's very, very detailed drawings and it, like looks good. And then occasionally you've got like the TV reporter almost looks like a older style Archie character or something like there's. Yeah. I almost thought fallout for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, exactly like, old like, like the fifties or whatever, forties, fifties cartoon style. And so there's a couple characters that are just like in a different style. And I thought that was an interesting choice. And yet they, for some reason, you know, like that kind of jarring change of style would normally bug me but it really didn't no and they're all inhabiting like the same world it's not like a total art shift it's all still the same world it's all still the same art art and artist it's just yeah there's the occasional character that's like in a different style it's very interesting yeah i don't know fantastic i would recommend this hey guys it's the zigman and zach take and when you finish it up listening to this great podcast make sure you head on over and check out shotgun wrestling radio that's right we're new to the emt podcast network over at shotgun wrestling radio we give you the latest news in professional wrestling that's right we cover wwe ring of honor impact wrestling and more want to know what's going on in the events in the iowa independence we cover that too with our pro wrestling calendar that's right zigman not only do we cover that but we also have a wide variety of interviews with pro wrestlers both past and present all our interviews can be found on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash shotgun radio and the number one. We hope you'll take the time to give us a listen and remember to give us a like and follow on Twitter and Facebook at shotgun radio and the number one. We should do games talk because I've been playing the heck out of Pokemon. Oh, <laughs> games talk. Yeah. Oh, it's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, you know, and I, I, I haven't listened to the most recent fat boy and captain llama. So I don't know what they talked about, but yeah. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to check that out, too. Even my podcast listening's kind of been disrupted a little bit. There's certain things that I've really gotten caught up on. Like, I got caught up on all the DC shows. Like, I'm I'm actually up to date on a lot of my TV watching. Mm -hmm. But yeah, in terms of podcasting and Big Finish re releases, I'm so far behind. 
Oh, we finished um, the OA on Netflix. Have you heard anything about this? Uh, only when you tweeted about it or something. I was like, oh, never heard of that. Yeah. It looks, it, in, it looks interesting. I mean. Well, my tweet pretty well encapsulated it. Like, we finished it. I don't really know what to make of it, but I enjoyed watching it. <laughs> it's a very unusual show, and it's hard to explain. And it's one of those shows where every episode, I had no idea where it was going. Like, at no point, right up till the end of the season, did, did I, like, have a clue where they were going with it. And not not in a bad way. We finished it, obviously, but I could see this being a show more so than, like, something like Stranger Things or some of the other big series or the Netflix series, I could see this being a show that people might be more inclined to fall off of because there's definitely a mystery going there, but it's not the best at hooking you because you're like, Hmm. what's happening. This is very strange stuff, but it's not like I have to know more. It's, 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 it's hard to explain. It's unique. And I appreciate like the odd quality the show has. It seems like Netflix has really doubled down on the success that they've had on their originals because like, it just seems like there's a lot of them that I didn't realize were there. All of a sudden I'm like, Oh, they have a, uh, like a history of hip hop documentary series. Mm-hmm. That is a Netflix original. And, and I, I went ahead and binged the whole thing and it was pretty interesting, but I almost was like kind of disappointed that it ended like, I don't know, like right around, nwa uh oh kind of gangster gangster like the birth of gangster rap is where it kind of just ended and i mean like that's a good stopping point so i hope they have a second season of it Mm -hmm. it's like certain things they really delved in deep and then other stuff they just seem to glance over sure sure i was like uh wouldn't you guys talk about some of that other stuff that was probably considered a little more popcorny like uh like young mc and the first ever rap Grammy, which was uh, Will Smith as Fresh Prince. I mean, like these seem like noteworthy things in, in rap history and yet they didn't even touch on them. I find it interesting. Netflix is because there are a bunch of original series on there that I had no clue about. And there's definitely certain series that they make. They obviously make a big promotional push outside of, it just showing up on your Netflix. And then there's certain shows that I just hear nothing about and they just appear there. Uh And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what this, I don't know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. They're kind of in, not that it's totally uncharted because they're still just making TV series and, and movies and stuff, you know, but they're in somewhat uncharted territory to where they could just make whatever and put it up there. And I guess if it brings us, brings in, new subscribers that gets that's their version of i don't know i don't know their whole model right but they seem to be successful with what they're doing so yeah it's most most of the stuff they've been doing that's the thing is that most of it's been like really standout you know like orange is the new black people love that when it hit uh, making of a murderer people love that obviously the marvel stuff ha- has been nothing but success for them and but then like the stuff that doesn't hit doesn't really hurt them either. Yeah. I mean, I guess if they put a bunch of money into a series and then nobody watches it, cause I know they have all that statistics probably far better sure. than any of the cable or TV networks could ever do. I mean, I guess if it's not bringing new people in, that's losing money. But for the most part, like, yeah, it doesn't seem, I'm not sure what they gauge as like being a loss or a failure. 
per series. I also wonder, like, there's got to be almost two tiers of Netflix originals. Like, you have Netflix originals that are clearly done by, like, Marvel Studios. So, they're a Netflix original, but Marvel is footing the bill for the production of it. Mm -hmm. And then you've got, um, and I don't know where, like, Stranger Things, I don't know where that falls in. It feels like that's done by a studio, too. And then maybe this hip-hop documentary, maybe that's done by actually Netflix. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's their overhead on some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. And maybe they have no overhead. Maybe they're all done uh, and contracted by outside studios, but then they're able to maybe cut a deal with them and say, okay, well, you know, like you'll get all of our backing and, or, you know, like we'll give it a full Netflix push if we can call it Netflix original and you can be on our service. Yeah. There's a, I I don't know what the deal is there. Yeah. There's a whole world of like this, this company produced the series, but this company bought the rights to the series, but this company has the distribution. Like there's a whole world of that, that I am just have no clue about. It's actually kind of sounds interesting now that you mention it. Oh, so you said you've been playing some games as well. Um, yeah, I've really been diving into uh, Pokemon. Uh, I guess it was Pokemon Go that kind of hooked me. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, like Pokemon, like, I don't know, Pokemon Go kind of has a shelf life. And it, I feel in some respects like that game is kind of dying. Like there's only so much you can do in that game is walk around. It's a nice little like fitness uh I don't know, motivator or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, like if you catch all the Pokemon, the game's kind of over other than you can go to these gyms and try to take them over. But, but that's, that's about it. So I was like, I feel like there's more story here and I'm, and it's kind of, it's kind of fascinating to me. So I went ahead and picked up Pokemon X and uh, they have like a re-release of an old game, Pokemon Ruby and Pokemon Sapphire. And so I bought the the re-releases for those two. It was going to be Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire or whatever. They apparently Pokemon likes to re remake their old titles. And uh this one these ones were really well done. So I've been playing those a lot and and kind of enjoying them. And then uh Pokemon Sun and Moon came out. And those are the most recent Pokemon games. And they have really deviated uh some of the battle mechanics and some of the uh I don't know, like they've kind of changed some things up, but in a pretty positive way. And recently I've been going backwards, like trying to pick up some of the games that uh, are older, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, if I can find them in an affordable manner, because Pokemon kind of had a re-resurgence. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, Where where some of the stuff is now just super expensive to get a hold of. Um, So the one that I'm playing right now is Pokemon Black. There's Pokemon Black and Pokemon White. And then they also have like a sequel to that one. It's one of those rare, rare ones where they, they do, they do the title and then they also have a sequel to it. Oh, okay. And uh, so I'm starting at the beginning of it and that's what I've been playing, but it's totally different. It seems like, it seems like going backwards, you start to realize uh, just how, how gameplay has gotten easier. Oh yes. Yeah. Like going backwards, like these games have been, like the the newest games they're pretty balanced they're they're balanced and you can pretty much play them and i mean i guess these games are pretty much designed for kids even though there's a lot of kids who grew up with them and i think the games realize that and they market to it that they're not just selling these games to kids anymore but uh 
like going backwards, the gameplay is hard. Like I find myself dying a lot more with the old games than I do with these newer ones that are just coming out. That's definitely something that is, that is definitely the case across the board on games. And it's something that some gamers complain about. And I, 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 I understand that, but as somebody who as a child broke many super Nintendo controllers out of frustration Mm -hmm. to a point, I don't mind. I mean, I don't want, I don't like all the handholding that a lot of modern games do, but I mean, that is definitely, it's definitely the case. Games are easier and it's a combination of, I guess it depends on the games, but there's the big criticism is uh, it's from not wanting to, you know, it's like when um, a movie or something is, toned down because they want to reach a larger audience it's like they don't want to alienate a potential customer base sure when it's a marketing decision versus a is this a challenging game kind of thing yeah and then some of it is like you know some games are just more like you'll get more games geared towards the story so they don't they focus on making sure you can get through the story that's got its own critics but no you're you're dead on on that because that's definitely the case well, and you can see it in like uh, Zelda or Mario. I mean, if you just take a property that's been around for as long as those two, um, you look back at like the first Mario game and that game feels almost un- unbeatable. <laughs> you know, like I, I bet I beat it way back in the day, but like if I go back to it now, even just the way that the controls work, it's like when you jump, um, your guy keeps running, you know, like your guy keeps moving. Like you kind of have to be able to be in a constant state of going forward. Whereas now uh, you can basically go backwards, forwards all over the place in these games. And so there's just, you know, like in, in those games, it's like you had to get it right the first try because there's no going back. And, uh, and now you can always like, Oh, I forgot that thing I was supposed to get before I beat the level. I guess I better go all the way back to the beginning of the game. And you may have a time constraint. I mean, like Mario games have a time time limit per level. But other than that, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. There's no, there's no whoops, I better restart kind of thing. It's like, oh, I can still go back and get that as long as I have time. So I've been playing Seven Days to Die, which is basically, I mean, it's a zombie game, but it's basically Minecraft, but much more realistic looking um, mm-hmm. and, and zombies everywhere. And at night, the zombies can run, so you always want to make sure you can get to a safe spot or uh, uh, build up a base. And then every the title comes from every seventh night, you get the blood moon, the blood horde, the blood moon horde, and where it's just an insane horde of zombies that come at you. And can they like can they like break into your oh. structures or whatever? Oh or? yeah, they will. T- they'll tear down walls. Like oh, there we go. I, and there's there's towns you can find, and of course there's going to be more zombies in towns. They always they they always say it's better to build up a base, but it's it's like like Minecraft. It's one of those games where if you need wood, you need to chop down the trees. You need to break the rocks to get stone. You need to mine for for um, iron ore and stuff like that, or scavenge stuff. Um, so it takes time to build up a base, and you can find a pre-existing like a house or something. But they will shred through those walls, and there's a, enough physics built in. And luckily, I haven't had this happen yet. But I did find a uh, existing building and have been kind of re, uh, been kind of fortifying that. Mm-hmm. But I worry because if they tear down enough of the bo- first floor walls, because I don't stay on the first floor, I stay on the second floor, the whole place will come down. So um, that kind of fascinates me, but is also 
you know, a risk. It's terrifying. The nighttime, sure. the nighttime, I, I've, I've finally been getting bolder and I'll go out and be more active at night and like try to crossbow the zombies when they're coming at the house. But, uh, the first couple like blood moon hordes, I would just hide in the house. And so, <laughs> yeah. so you, you find yourself playing this game where you're too scared to like go after the zombies. You're just hoping they don't tear the house down or get in the house so they can get to you. And so for like, you know, it's not real time, 10, 20 minutes. I find myself, I'm just like crouched in the house, listening to the zombies outside, just tense the whole time, not doing anything. I'm like, <laughs> so it's like, uh, was it I am legend or Omega man? Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the Minecraft game. It, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like what kind of game is this? And speaking of making the game easier, I haven't done this, but the developers, and this is st- still early access. Um, it's been early access for a, a couple of years now, I guess, but they're like very actively up- updating the game consistently, but they've made it very easy to mod. And there's a lot of configuration files that you can get access to and you can turn the zombies off. And I have not done it, but I have been very tempted to just turn the zombies off and play oh, a Minecraft like style. mode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I haven't done it. I've been doing the zombie thing. It's just so hard to like, you really have to dole out what tasks you need to get done in a week before that next horde comes. And a lot of times you'll spend half of your day or a good chunk of one to two days rebuilding your, your base up if it's not solid enough. So like, it's definitely a bit of time management and resource management in the survival zombie game. Oh, that sounds interesting though. I mean, yeah, that's what, that's, that's kind of what I liked about Minecraft in those early days. It's like, when you don't know what you're doing that first, uh, like that first day where you're just punching down a tree and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta build a hole, <laughs> you know, you were like it, it, there's a certain feel to it, but then after you're, after it's old hat, it's like, eh, I don't even care. I'm just going to run around. Mm-hmm. I've got a sword. I've got armor. I've got everything I need. I can survive out at night. The only thing that scares me is lava. Yeah. Yeah. Or accidentally falling to my death. I mean, at this point, the zombies are still a threat, but I've definitely like, I'll spend more evenings. I'll stay on my base, but more evenings running around the outside of the base, killing the zombies and less hiding from them, cowering in a corner in the house. Right. So yeah, you definitely get to that point where you can deal with this stuff. But the first couple days where you don't have, because I restarted just to kind of play some of the early couple days, I think I'll hop back to the original. And the first two days, I just spent running the whole time trying to find <laughs> right. a, play, a roof to hide on at night. But it's also kind of funny because it is very much still like Minecraft, except realistic. So, like, the houses look like normal houses. It's not... When you're building stuff, it's obviously, like, very blocky. But when you've got stuff built, the houses look like houses. There are cars that you can loot. The trees look like normal trees. You can cut them down and they actually fall down. But when you start, you still punch a tree to get wood. Like, you still have your oh, bare yeah. fists okay. and you're punching trees. Yeah. So punching trees, and it just seems so much more ridiculous when it, everything looks kind of realistic, but you're still punching a tree to get wood. All right. Again, no letters, but if you want to send us comments or anything like that, letters at grolixpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail voice message at five, five, nine, four, two, six, six, four, two, seven, or five, five, nine, four comics. Next episode for prime episode. We'll be looking at the tick. Yeah. Pull this pick. Oh, maybe I'll watch some tick episodes too. 
Oh yeah. yeah I love real. I loved the TV show when I was younger, man. I'm I'm interested to see uh what you'll think of the comic. Because mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the tick, but um yeah, I think a lot of people were actually introduced to the, the tick via that original animated series run. Yeah, that was definitely. And I think the case I, with honestly, that. I think that's how I got introduced to it. And then, you know, I had to go back and check it out. I've actually got a couple of different copies of of those early tick runs on my oh, shelf. Nice. I've got I've got them in the original Tick Omnibus, and then I have was it called the uh, Complete Edland, which would be oh, still the original nice. series, but it's all collected kind of nicely. So I'm I'm pretty excited because this is one I don't have to look for. I I've got it. <laughs> that that's always nice, and and kind of rare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially lately. This is Jesse Carpe Diem. Seize the day, boys. Make your lives Grolix. This is Randy. It's a me, a Grolix. Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grolix Podcasts, check out GrolixPodcast.com. Also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, electronicmediacollective.com facebook.com slash Grawlix Podcast twitter.com slash Grawlix Podcast all the dot com slash all the Grawlix Podcast Alright, this is Jesse and in the future when characters come from Image to Marvel Amazon.com will sell out of Orwellian dystopias <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I like it, but it really is a hospital joke, too. It really, it really is. It, it totally is. It, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but neither does the future. Oh, good point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 1984, anybody? Anybody?